Hello, and welcome to Hope Church. We're a local church with chill style, real faith, and no perfect people allowed. Thanks for checking out our podcast. This is a message from our SoCal location in the Santa Cruz, California area. We hope this message is encouraging. If you live near either of our locations, we'd love to have you join us for one of our many Sunday services. All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, it's so good to see you. Uh, My name is Tim, if we haven't had a chance to meet yet, and I'm one of the pastors here. And so it is my great privilege today to be able to open up the scriptures. This is the part of our service where we open up the Bible and we look at some things that God has to say. And so if you're new to this whole church thing, this is what we're doing right now. And uh, we always expect a lot out of our Sunday gatherings. I don't know um, how you come into these times, whether you're here or you're on the patio or you're online. Um, We believe that when God is present, things happen And the good news is that God is present all the time. And so things are happening all the time. And so we're expecting to be able to see those here today. And so you decided, uh, you made a great decision this morning to come and hang out here. And uh, we can't wait to see what God's going to do. So I just got back actually a week ago today. I was flying, I was in the air as you all were gathering here um, and and meeting at the church. Um, I was flying back from Ireland. I was in Northern Ireland for a week-long trip. I was meeting with some leaders from across the world, and we had an amazing trip. It was so much fun, and it was all of what you might expect a trip to Ireland would be. Um, I didn't see any leprechauns, though, and I had to actually fight the urge. How many of you grew up with this commercial as you watched cartoons on Saturday mornings? I had to fight the urge to not say, they're magically delicious. I, why, why did that, why would that after all those years, but it did, and I, so I was fighting all these stereotypes, right, of, um, of Ireland, <clears throat> it was a good trip, we had a lot of fun, but um, I don't know how many of you have ever flown overseas, how, how many of you have ever flown overseas, yeah, like a lot of you, holy cow, man, we have like world travelers here um, in this place. It's amazing. Well, then you, you know uh, what it's like. So I, um, I get in the plane, and um, we haven't taken off yet. I just get in, and um, I get my window seat. I always get a window seat when I fly overseas so that, um, so that I, can, I can lean against something when I, when I try to sleep, right? So the longest leg of the trip was from, like, Dallas to London Heathrow. It was uh, almost 9 to 10 hours, almost 10 hours. Right, so I'm prepared. I come in, I've got my neck pillow. That's like the size of, it's like a king size bed wrapped around my neck. You know what I'm saying? Like they're making them bigger and like more luxurious. Pretty soon they like cover, they're like, it's like a whole body, you know, that covers your whole, and you're just like in a cocoon. Um, so I've got my head, I've, I've got the whole thing, I've got it all set up. I'm, I'm ready, I'm ready to go. Everything's charged up, everything's plugged in, and um, I'm, I'm ready to go. So at this point in the boarding process, open seat next to me. And then on the aisle, there's this guy on the aisle, and he's sitting there. So this other guy comes walking down the aisle, and he has his ticket in his hand, and he's looking at the numbers, and he gets to our row, and he's, he's looking at his ticket, he's looking at the row, he's making sure he's all set before he makes the accusation. And then finally he says, man, um, I think you're in my seat. He's talking to the guy in the aisle. So the guy in the aisle starts, gets up, 
and starts, like, he's, he starts having an attitude. He's, like, complaining. He's, like, well, you know, why can't you just, like, this? and the guy's, like, it's just like this young guy, and he's, like, he's, like, bro, like, I paid extra for this seat. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I just want the seat that I paid for, you know. And the, so the guy finally, he's all mad. He, he finally gets in the middle seat right next to me. And he's not a small man. Let me just put it that way, right? So we're all sort of like squished in. Like we're squished in. And I'm like, great. We haven't even like, like gotten on the runway yet. And here's like this conflict that's happening. There's like all this. And this guy's all mad, right? So, so they bring dinner to us. We're in the air. And everything's sort of settling down. And you know when you fly east, if you've ever flying overseas, you fly east, the sun never sets when you're flying, right? It's always bright out. So everyone lowers their shades, and we're all sitting there, and we're all, like, settled in. Dinner has been taken away. We're, like, got our neck pillows. We're all, like, we're getting ready to, like, sleep, right? So I'm laying here, and I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'm going to do this. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be awesome. And I, I'm, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to fall asleep. My eyes are closed. I got the whole thing. The guy next to me in the middle, he fall, he's asleep. He falls forward. His head hits the, hits the seat in front of him. He doesn't wake up. His head falls forward. He's like, Poof, and it just like stays there. When, he, when his head hits the thing, his TV screen comes on. So now I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm like laying here, and it's like burning through my eyelids. His screen is so bright. And I'm going, and he's asleep, and I'm just like, oh, Lord Jesus, do something here. And I'm like trying to, I can't, I can't sleep. Finally, after like two hours, I open up my eyes, and I'm just like, I got, I got to do something here. And, and so... I, I get it. I try to get in there. It's a touch screen. So I'm trying to like get around his head, right? I'm like this. I'm like, if this dude wakes up while I'm like going like this, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be awkward. It's gonna be weird. And so finally I find the right thing and I get around his head and I and I push the power button and it goes dark and I lay back and I'm like, ah oh, yeah, okay, now. And of course I never slept the whole trip. I never slept the whole trip. I was, out, I was out of it. So by the time I get there, all I want to do is get to where I'm staying so that I can put my stuff down and just collapse in my bed. I haven't slept in like 48 hours, right? How many of you have ever been in a place where it was all you could do to just push through, right? Like, like, like it, it, at, at, at some point, it had gotten so bad and so challenging that all you wanted to do is just get to the finish line and collapse across the finish line and be done with it, you know? And you're, you're willing to make concessions you would never make in, you know, in a million years because you're tired or you're, you know. If you've ever bought a house, it's, it's like that. You know, at some point you've seen so many houses that you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the half-bedroom, no-bath house, you know, just because I'm tired, I can't look at another. You know, how many of you have ever been in a point where your ability to persevere is what's going to keep you going and get you through? Um, the Bible has a lot to say about that. And in fact, uh, today, as we take the next step in our journey through the book of Acts, now that's A-C-T-S, if you're not familiar with the Bible, that's not A-X-E, um, the book of Acts, we're journeying through the sort of the second half of the book of Acts, 
And we're, we're traveling through what's called the missionary journeys of this guy named Paul, the Apostle Paul. If you're not familiar with the Bible or, or you know, yeah, maybe this, you're new to this whole thing, this guy Paul, is, he wrote, the Bible is divided basically into two halves. It's not quite 50-50, but two halves. And one is called the Old Testament, and that's the creation of the universe to the birth of Jesus. And in the New Testament, it's the birth of Jesus to the end of days. And Paul wrote over half of what we call the New Testament. Like he's OG. He's, a, he's, like, he's like, Paul is like, all of the other followers of Jesus, this is the conversation. This is how it went down. Paul was like, okay, all of you, how about you take the Jewish people? I'll take everybody else. Right? Like this is Paul. He's, he, his, his calling in life was to take the good news of Jesus to all of the non-Jewish people in the world. Now, he saw a lot of Jewish people come to faith in Jesus, but his primary calling was all of the non-Jewish people. And so we're in the book of Acts, and we're exploring the missionary journeys of Paul. And it's, it's called, this message series is called Along the Way. And the reason why it's called Along the Way is that Jesus, in his final words to his followers, said this. Go and make disciples of all the nations. Tell them my story, he said. Invite them into my love. And when they accept my love, baptize them. Teach them to follow me just like I've taught you. This is the way of Jesus. Go and make disciples. In the original language, that word go means along the way. So along the way of your life, invite people into my love. These are the final words of Jesus. It's amazing. So the book of Acts, we've already looked at at other times the first half. Uh, chapters like 1 through 12. And chapters 1 through 12 were basically the church, the early church, getting its act together. Like they were just sort of figuring it out. What does it look like to follow Jesus? So in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John describe the life of Jesus all the way through the resurrection. The very next book, the book of Acts, describes the first 30 years of the first Jesus community. The first group of people trying to live out the way of Jesus. And I love that we get a record of that. We get a record of people just like, like taking Jesus and who he is, and it's all new to them. Like they just, just experienced it all, and now they get to try to reorient their lives around this whole Jesus way. And how many of you can relate to that? You know, if you came to know Jesus at a point, let's say you were a young adult or an adult, um, and you came to know Jesus, you, you, I don't know if you remember that, but everything was new. You were figuring out all this stuff for the first time. You were figuring out, how do I reorient my life around this new thing that I have now, Jesus? How do I do this? And the book of Acts is a record of what this whole community did. So chapters 1 through 12 well, were all about just sort of the church getting its bearings, just trying to figure it out. What, what do we do? How do we do it? Um, is this just for Jewish people, or does this apply to everybody? You know, they were trying, they had some core things they had to figure out. In chapter 13, we see a shift. Remember, Jesus said, go along the way, make disciples. I want you to go to the ends of the earth and tell people my story. 
at this point in the book of Acts, chapters 1 through 12, they were not going to the ends of the earth. They were like stuck in Jerusalem, right? They had little times where they had gone out, but they, this, they were stuck in Jerusalem. Chapter 13, God says, okay, it's time. You, you've had enough time to sort of figure this thing out. Now I need you to actually go and do what I told you to do. Go to the ends of the earth and make disciples. And out of that season of transition emerges this guy named Paul. He had two names, Saul and Paul. Saul was his sort of Jewish name, and Paul was his Gentile name. And, um, and so in this point, um, Paul emerges and begins to go out, begins to be sent out, and he's telling the good news of Jesus all across the world. Along the way, he teaches us some things about what it looks like to follow Jesus. And today, we're going to be looking at this thing called perseverance. What does it look like to persevere? The good news for you and for me is that God speaks to this issue because every single one of us is called to persevere. Oh, okay, so, so let's, let's see who, who we're sitting by. How many of you have ever experienced any kind of challenge in your life? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you are like, Tim, I'm, I'm not even raising my hand at that question, man. Don't insult my intelligence here on a Sunday morning in church of all places. Yeah, if you're a human being, if you have breath in your lungs, you've experienced challenge in your life. The Apostle Paul experienced tremendous challenges. In fact, at one point, he listed all of the challenges that he experienced, and after like the first, like, 20 of them were like, okay, we get it, we get it, like you've been through a lot. Paul today is going to help us explore this big idea truth, right? You ready for this big idea truth? You'll see it up here on the screen. This big idea truth, the good news of Jesus is that he gives us the power to persevere no matter what. This is our big idea truth we're going to explore today. The good news of Jesus is that he gives us power to persevere no matter what. And I don't know about you, but this is a life-giving truth. This is a life-giving truth because we have so much to persevere through. It's the nature of the world that we live in. And so you want to listen to what God has to say here today as we explore Acts as we get into the book of Acts, in fact, we're going to be in Acts chapter 14. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Uh, the words will be up on the screen as well. But in Acts chapter 14, we begin to see some of the things that Paul has to persevere through as a follower of Jesus. Now, some of these are unique to Paul. You may not ever experience what, in fact, likely there's a 99.9999% chance you're never going to experience this specific challenge that Paul has here today. But you've got your own challenges, right? And so do I. And so let's go. Let's sit at the feet of Jesus right now. And let's allow him to teach us today about the power to persevere that he's given to each one of us. You ready? Ready to do this? All right, let's go. Acts chapter 14. Here we go. Verse 1. At Iconium, that's a city, Paul and Barnabas went out as usual into the Jewish synagogue. Now, as the book of Acts begins to transition from Jerusalem, 
to taking the good news of Jesus to the ends of the earth through the Apostle Paul primarily, there's another transition that's happening here. When you read in verse 1, Paul and Barnabas went into the Jewish synagogue, this is the first time that you see Paul and Barnabas. Up until now, it's been Barnabas and Paul. And this is important. For 12 years, Paul has been serving and ministering. He's not the, he's not the, the mega apostle Paul that we know that wrote half of the New Testament. He is just a dude who came to know Jesus and is serving as faithfully as he knows how, along with this other guy named Barnabas. Barnabas, up until this point, is the lead guy. He's the guy that everybody is sort of like looking toward, and Paul is sort of his apprentice. Paul is serving along with Barnabas, but Barnabas is the lead. At this point in the story, we now read from here on out, Paul and Barnabas. Some of you... Why do, I, why do I bring out that little detail today? Because some of you have been serving. Some of you have been growing. Some of you have been healing from stuff that's gone on in your lives. Some of you are entering into a season right now where God is saying, I have more for you. I have more for you. You've faithfully served and just sort of been a part of what's happening long enough. I now am wanting you to turn into a season where I'm going to take everything that I've poured into you and I want you to step up into more. I want you to start using that teaching gift that I know that you know that I've given you. I want you to start praying for people in the way that I've designed you to pray for people. I want you to, to, to step up and say, hey, how can I serve? How can I, how can I not just attend on a Sunday morning, but how can I serve the church community called Hope Church? Some of you, God is saying, hey, you've been, you've been whoever you'd consider to be the leader and your name. And God is saying, listen, I want you to step up and into what I've got for you in this next season. Now, listen, I don't know who that, is, who, who that speaks to here today. But for some of you, God's been stirring something in your heart for quite a while. And he's telling you today, it's time. It's time. I want you to start doing that. I want you to get in the game and I want you to start doing what I've called you to do. I don't know what that means for you, but for those of you who have had that, that prompting in your heart, that's, that's the word of God that you needed to hear today. All right, let's keep going. Um, Paul and Barnabas went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their mind against the brothers. How many of you have ever had people stir things up against you? And especially, uh, yeah, yeah, um, people raising their hands, especially as you begin to step into the calling that God has on your life, right? 
Maybe for you, that's a calling out of your old life and the process of disassociating from all the things you used to do to the ways of Jesus has brought a whole ton of people who used to be your friends, who are still your family, but have begun to stir things up against you. This is what Paul and Barnabas are experiencing here. Lots of opposition. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. Now, this is an amazing, amazing thing. Remember that our big idea of truth is that the good news of Jesus is that he gives us the power to persevere. Following after Jesus means that you and I have access to the power of Jesus. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You have the power, and we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, it's the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus promised to give us the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, this is what Paul, I mean, what Jesus said earlier in the book of Acts. You'll see this up on the screen. Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses then in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus has given you power in your life. You know, so many of us, I think, we get settled into the rhythms of life, and and slowly but surely we begin to be weighed down by all of the pressure, all of the challenge, all of the things in our lives that that want to push out the power of God, and we forget that we have the power of God at our fingertips. God wants to remind us today that he's given you everything you need to do everything he's called you to do. All of the energy. Are you feeling like energy depleted? God's given you all the energy you need. He's given you all of the mental awareness you need. He's given you all of the ability to say no to the wrong things and yes to the right things. He's given you the ability to love people like only God can love people. He's given you the ability, the the power to be able to step out of bad relationships and into good relationships. He's given you everything you need because the Holy Spirit of God resides in you. This is the power of Jesus. Paul and Barnabas walked in this power. They were able to do signs and wonders. Now, we're going to see here in just a minute one of those signs. But for these apostles, that meant being able to heal people, being able to raise people from the dead, be able to feed people, all the things that Jesus did. Now, we believe as a church community, we believe that all of those giftings are still available to us today. In fact, God has given specific gifts to each one of us, to some He has given the ability to heal. And you may be like, ah, that's kind of weird. I don't know about that, Tim. God's given us the ability, some of us, the ability to heal. That's a gifting that God has given. There are all kinds of giftings. One of the giftings that God has placed in my life is to be able to open up the scriptures with people and be able to walk people through the truth of the scriptures. Oftentimes, the gifting of God in my life results in people being able to understand the scriptures, maybe in a way that they hadn't understood before. That's not my doing. That's literally the gift of the Holy Spirit that functions through me. 
God has given each and every person here, everybody out on the patio, everybody watching online, a gift. He's given you a gift to be able to add to what he's doing here. Now, some of you may be like, well, Tim, I don't know, signs and wonders, healings, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know about that. Let's take it out of sort of the hyper-spiritual for just a second and just bring it down into the everyday. Do you know that one of the greatest signs and wonders that people will ever see in this life is not necessarily the dramatic gifting of the Holy Spirit, like healing, but it's going to be you living a life that is evidence of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, right? These things, the gifts of the Spirit, if you live those out faithfully in your life, those will be signs and wonders to the world around you. You don't have to walk around praying for healing on people. You can walk around just showing patience with people, and people are going to be amazed. What the heck? Like, what? I, I, it's, it's so odd to see patient people today, right? Just live a patient life, and it's going to be like you're walking around raising people from the dead. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's the world we live in. You don't have to do anything dramatic. Just simply allow the, the fruit of the Spirit to be evidenced in your life. Oh, my goodness. All right, let's keep going here. Let's keep going. Verse 4, the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews, others with the apostles. And there was a plot afoot among the, both the Gentiles and the Jews together with their leaders to mistreat, uh, mistreat Paul and Barnabas and stone them. Paul and Barnabas found out about it, though, and they fled to the cities of Lystra and Derbe and to the surrounding country where they continue to preach the gospel. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame. He had been that way since birth, had never walked. He listened to Paul as Paul was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed. We don't know how that happened. But Paul, through the eyes of Jesus, the Holy Spirit in him, looked at a guy and knew that this guy had enough faith to be healed in this moment. And so he calls out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk, signs and wonders. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in their language, the gods have come down from us to us in human form. Barnabas they called Zeus and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bowls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to Paul and Barnabas. He's just getting out of hand. You know, this got out of hand quickly. You, you, you ever seen... <laughs> what, I, I, don't, I don't condone this, this, this movie, but what's the, the movie with Will Ferrell? And, or he's a newscaster, what's it called? Oh, yeah. Anchorman. You know, I don't condone this movie. This, this is, no, no. But they have a fight, and people die, and, and they're like, ooh, that got out of hand quickly. Um... This is sort of what's happening here. That was a poor analogy. I'm sorry. I, I, I just ruined the whole message for you guys. Um, here's what happened. The priests of Zeus brought the stuff, but when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and they rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? 
We too are only human like you. We're bringing you good news, telling you to turn away from these worthless things you're trying to do right now to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In the past, in the past, he let all nations go their own way, yet he has not left himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from heaven, crops in their season. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. We call this common grace. There's a grace of God that is common to every human being, whether they love God or hate God. He gives you air to breathe, sunshine. He gives you food to eat. Even with these words, they had difficulty keeping the crowd from sacrificing to them. Then some Jews came from Antioch and Iconium and won the crowd over. And look at this. They stoned Paul and dragged him outside the city thinking he was dead. But after the disciples had gathered around him, he got up and went back into the city. What? Like, what? this is what I was saying. You're not likely going to have to persevere like this, right? Um, you're likely not going to have Santa Cruz County, like, riled up against you and stone you and take you up into the mountains and leave you to die, right? This is what they did with Paul. You know, later on, Paul would write this. He would say, I bear in my body the scars of following Jesus. Likely, that statement was rooted in this experience. Imagine being hit with rocks to the point where everyone thinks you're dead and they just simply drag your body away. Imagine the scars that would physically leave on your body. Paul went through some stuff. Paul went through a lot of stuff. And look what he did. He persevered. The good news of Jesus is that he gives us power to persevere no matter what. No matter if, you're, if you've been stoned and dragged out of the city and left to die. How many of you have ever felt like that emotionally? You've been in situations where you've just been, you've just been, you know, you know for, for, you've just been beaten. You've been beaten down and left to die. This is where Paul is. And he's teaching us to persevere. Look at what Paul writes later in Romans chapter 5. He says this. This is after this experience. He says this. We glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame, meaning it's worth it. Hope is the real deal because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There's a connection between suffering and hope, and it's called perseverance. In this chapter of the book of Acts, God is reminding us that when we go through challenges, when we go through suffering, when we go through the hard times of this life, it's producing something in us, and the end result of that is going to be hope. Now, you and I, we love hope, right? 
We love hope. We love hope, church, but we love hope, the thing that is that comes from God. We love this thing called hope. We don't necessarily love suffering. In this chapter, though, God is reminding us that the only way to get to hope is through suffering. Now, listen, we don't go around looking for ways to suffer, right? I don't go around inviting, you know, I don't go like, 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 like running, you know, like as fast as I can into brick walls and be like, all right, the more I suffer, the more that I'm going to have hope in my life. I don't have to do that. Why? Because suffering comes looking for me. Right. I don't have to go looking for it because it comes for me and it comes for you, too. And in the way of suffering is the way of Jesus and produces hope in our lives. And so are you experiencing suffering? Are you experiencing challenges and hard times in your life? Good news. Good news. God's got some hope waiting for you. He knows that we're going to suffer, and so if we will follow after him in the suffering, he gives us something called hope. It's the way of God, and it's amazing. It's beautiful. Truly, what the enemy has, has, has put together for our harm, God turns into something for his good. And that's the hope of Jesus. That's the good news of Jesus. All right, listen, i got to keep going. They preached the gospel in that city. They won a large number of disciples. They returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. They strengthened the disciples. They encouraged them to remain true to the faith. In fact, here's what Paul says. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They appointed leaders, elders for the churches. They prayed. They fasted. They committed people to the Lord. Um, after going through Pisidia, they came into this other area I'm not going to pronounce. And when they preached the word, they went down to another place. And from there they sailed. They did all these things. And look at verse 27. In arriving now back to Antioch, where they started, they gathered the church together and reported all God had done through them and how he had opened a door to faith for the Gentiles. And they stayed there a long time with the disciples. Earlier in the book of Acts, this is a description of the believers. Acts chapter 5 says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. Paul and Barnabas had the power to persevere, and they saw God do miraculous things through their lives. How many of you are going through a time right now where you need God to remind you that you have the power to persevere whatever you're going through? God wants to do something through your life today and in the days to come that will only happen if you will persevere through his power. And so the choice is yours. What are you going to do about that? Because you have to choose to do it. At all different points throughout this chapter today, we read how Paul and Barnabas chose to stay and proclaim the good news of Jesus. Paul and Barnabas chose, Paul chose to get up after he had been nearly killed and go back into the place. Now, watch this. Watch this. We're going to end with this. So eventually in Paul's life and journey, 
there would come along a guy named Timothy. Timothy would become Paul's protege. Paul would pour into Timothy. In fact, at one point, Paul would send Timothy to a church, and he would tell that church, Timothy is the best I have. Timothy would go on and would would serve in, in, in miraculous ways, leading within the church in that era. And Timothy came up, guess what? Out of this city where Paul was stoned and left for dead. Timothy, now the Bible doesn't say this, but I will. Timothy grew up in this city. Timothy would have been a kid at this point watching Paul be put to death almost and get back up and come back into his city and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. In the years to come, Timothy would go on to be Paul's right-hand man. And after Paul would go on to lead so many things in the church in that era. Do you know that there's a Timothy watching you right now? There's a Timothy in your life. You don't even know. Maybe Paul didn't, as far as we know, Paul didn't know Timothy or his, or his mom, the single mom. But Timothy would go on and do these things. There is a Timothy in your life that's watching you persevere through whatever it is you're going through. And so we not only have the power to persevere, but God's given us people around us who will take our perseverance and it will fuel their faith. We hope this message encouraged you to take the next steps in your relationship with God. The cool thing is that you don't have to do it alone. There are a lot of ways you can get connected here at Hope. Not only do we want you to feel at home at Hope, we'd love to help you find a home. Please check out discoverhope.church and click connect or just email us at info at discoverhope.church. Lastly, we give everything we can away for free and rely 100% on volunteers and donations to support this ministry. If you'd like to give to the Mission of Hope Church, you can select the Give option on our website or text any amount to 831-800-2060. Thanks again for tuning in.